0: Smarties, as educational therapists, we have a very global view on online portals and have had issues with online portals for a very long time. There are some virtues to an online portal, but they are often misused, not used at all, or just flat out inaccurate. So if you're wondering what we mean by online portals, we're talking schoolology, we're talking PowerSchool, we're talking haiku, we're talking Aries, we're talking Google Classroom, we're talking any central website or a combination of websites, that are supposed to consolidate student school information, schedule, calendar, assignments, messaging, etc., etc., etc. School portals are more important than ever before, as they should act as a virtual replacement for learners' physical school. And parents are starting to recognize the issue with school portals now more than ever. Today, we dig into them. Also, Smarties, if you haven't joined our Facebook group, Smarties of the Learn Smarter Podcast. We'd love to hang out with you there. So come join us. Let's dig in.
1: You want to learn faster, but sometimes working harder is just not the answer. You have to learn smarter. The Educational Therapy Podcast. Hi, Smarties. Welcome to episode 123 of Learn Smarter, the Educational Therapy Podcast. I'm Rachel Cat, And I'm Stephanie Pitts. And this is an episode a long time coming. <laughs> yeah. Steph and I have had, oh my goodness, so many conversations over the years about how we hate online portals. We've talked about it on the podcast, about how it establishes learned helplessness, and we're gonna dig into all of that. But we thought we should start off this episode by kind of talking about the ideal version of a portal and what they should be and how they should be used. <laughs> We'll start by saying that the problems that we're going to talk about today are not the fault of teachers. They're not the fault of the portal systems themselves, and they're not the fault of the school. Yeah. Now, there's things that teachers could do that schools could do if they saw our perspective on it. And I think we do have a unique perspective in that we're in so many different portals just based off where our clients are going to school. And this is why when I get the ear of a head of school or I get the ear of a learning specialist, this is one of the things that I'm very likely to bring up and kind of put on their radar as an issue. But I think what happened is when schools implemented online portals, they were very excited about the possibility and the options that they afforded them. You could disseminate information quickly. You could seamlessly communicate. It wasn't entirely dependent anymore on the 50 or 90 minutes that you had with that student in the classroom. Now the relationship could be extended and deepened, and communication could be even easier to establish.
0: Yeah, I mean, let's be real here. There are some really great things about portals, Yep, but I think they're not dependable.
1: And that's really the problem. They're not consistent. They're not dependable. Before we kind of dig into it, can I tell you a story of something that happened between Adam and I last night? Hmm. Because I feel like our audience likes when I I therapize (laughs) in my own relationship. So, one of the conversations that Adam and I are really trying to be good about is like, what are we going to have for dinner? And Steph, I'm so sick of figuring out what I'm going to eat every day, I can't even tell you. I know. I just feel like it's a constant conversation, and I know it's only going to get worse over time. And I also understand that I've had to figure out what to eat for dinner for a very long time, but there's something about it right now that I just don't want to have the conversation. So, anyway, we went over our grocery list, and what are we going to eat this week, and Adam To his credit, is now cooking. Yeah. He made a steak last Friday. Yes. He didn't put any oil on the cast iron skillet, but it's okay. He recovered. He called me over. I think I was on the phone. It's possible. Yeah. Anyway, but one of the big things that sort of happens is Adam is always like, I'll defrost the meat. Okay. And then as soon as he walks out of the room, the next day around two o'clock, he comes to me. He's like, uh, I forgot to defrost the meat. And then we InstaPot pot a meal or yeah, or yeah. honestly order in. Yeah, That's what's more likely to happen. Anyway, so last night we decided what we were going to eat for dinner tonight. He's like, okay, I'll defrost the ground turkey. And I just looked at him and I said, your memory is not reliable. <laughs> you telling me your whole strategy for remembering to defrost the turkey meat. Your plan is to remember to remember, and that's not a plan.
0: Yeah. Oh, that works so well. No, it does
1: not. And he got this, like, look of shame on his face. He's like, no, I'm going to remember. I'm like, what are other things you could do to (laughs) make sure? Because, you know, we're watching a TV show, and he stays up later than I do. You know, I'm thinking, like, set an alarm, dude, for, like, an hour from now to remind yourself, right? Uh Uh-huh. And he goes, I'm going to remember. And I said, what do I get when you don't remember? He's like, a meal from a restaurant. And I, was <laughs> like, <laughs> I was like, okay. So update, I don't know if he defrosted the turkey, but before we finish this episode, I will go look. Because it was just so funny. It was just so reminiscent of memory is inherently unreliable, everybody. Uh-huh. So it was just funny that he was like, no, this is how it's going to be. Yeah. So shall I go check? Yeah, go check.
0: <laughs> what does everybody think? Do you think that there will be defrosted turkey? My bet is yes, because she made such a big deal about it, but we will see. All right. What did you say? I
1: said yes because you made a big deal out of it. He remembered to do it. <laughs> but yes, the last thing he did say to me when he left our bedroom last night was, I'm going to now deal with the turkey. So he did remember we can give him like a cheer or something. Yeah. But it was just such a funny conversation. Yeah, totally. So, okay, back to the episode. Let's talk about some of the overall portal pitfalls that we see. And then we'll dig into some of the teacher pitfalls that we see, student pitfalls that we notice, and the parenting part of this equation as well.
0: Okay, so my first one is everything seems to be 15 clicks deep. And what I mean by this is every assignment, every class, every day, every everything, you have to click 15 different things to get to where you need to go. And for a kid with ADHD in particular, that gets
1: old real quick. And they don't do it.
0: Yeah. And little guys, it's too much. The other thing is calendars should be importable. Not all of them are. And some of them don't even have them. So, you know. Mm -hmm. Then checking for fraud is difficult. And what we mean by checking for fraud, I'll give you an example. I have a kid. We looked at the assignments that were due or missing, and there was a list And then I went into each of her classes, and there was an assignment that wasn't even showing up on that list. Yep. So now it's not reliable to use the assignment list because there's something else somewhere else. So you have to
1: check all the places. Yep. So that's a lot. And they have multiple classes normally. Mm -hmm. So, again, I just want to reiterate, this is not the teacher's fault. They see their portal. They don't see the full scope. And I have lots of teacher friends who, when we talk about this, they're like, I never even thought about how my colleagues are using this compared to how I'm using this. And that's going to be sort of a big theme of this episode is that if we could make one change to the portals, it would be consistency and rules kind of from admin about how the portal is going to be used consistently across the board and not up to each individual teacher's discretion. Mm -hmm. That's just not usually how they're set up. And so, again, the way teachers organize things in their individual teacher page, classroom page, is the way that makes sense to them and makes sense to their brain. And usually we're able to figure it out because we think like teachers and We kind of know the things to look for on each teacher page, but imagine figuring that out seven or eight times and then multiply that by the amount of students on our caseload. Kids are constantly reminding us where stuff is. yeah, And they're like, remember, this class is over here. It's just a lot. So here's some teacher pitfalls, including, but not limited to, (laughs) right? When teachers change the assignment, Or when the assignment wasn't discussed in class, it's very confusing to students to see an assignment that they never discussed in class. And we often encourage them to complete it just in case, even though it wasn't discussed because it is there and better to err on the side of caution. Or this is also a moment to email the teacher and say, hey, what's up? Mm -hmm. Another pitfall that I don't think we even have there is that sometimes the assignments will be due on the day the class doesn't meet. And teachers say the due date in person. And then the portal says something different. Mm -hmm. What else, Steph?
0: When you have multiple teachers for middle school and high school. And they have more than one place where they're putting things. It's so hard to keep track of. And some teachers, you know, will keep it all in Google Classroom or some teachers have mm-hmm. their own website. Yeah, there's all these different ways to communicate and figure out all the things. And so just keeping track of
1: all of that is a lot. The online portal is great for the looking back which we do at each session when you have students with executive functioning issues, you want to make sure that you're on a schedule with looking over the portal and looking back at assignments and making sure that things were completed Mm -hmm. and turned in properly Mm -hmm. so we have to do all that through the portal and then each individual teacher has a separate google doc that then we have to look at to look forward yeah and the functionality is there to put everything Mm -hmm. as a look back and as a look forward in the same area yeah and that's just not the culture of the school So that's like seven or eight different websites within the portal that we have to click into to look back. And then seven or eight different Google Docs that we have to click into to look forward. It's a lot. A lot.
0: The other thing that ends up happening is that teachers might not have marked that an assignment is received or not uploading grades as they go or saying, oh, I got the assignment, but I haven't graded it yet. And it's weeks later. Mm -hmm. Or... They haven't put the grade in, they did grade it, but I have the kid ask the teacher about it and, oh, I forgot to put it in. Or Mm -hmm. my teacher forgot and she said that she was going to put it in, but she still hasn't done it. I mean, there's so many scenarios. Or teachers
1: just waiting until the grading period to upload all the information there. And that's when we find out, you can't check for fraud, as you said, which is checking back and making sure that things were done. Without that piece of it, we have no way of knowing. Yeah, there's
0: no data coming in at a consistent speed to know. Mm -hmm. And it all depends on the teacher, depends on the school, depends on the kid. There's so many variables. So what about student pitfalls?
1: Yeah. So the first one is that students and parents don't even know their logins. Yeah. So I'm a part of my alma mater, my high school, middle school, high school's Facebook group. I cannot tell you how many times a parent posts on there. And it's like, I can't log in. Yeah. Like I've never been able to log in or I can only log in on my computer or I can only log in on my phone. And the students that we work with are like us. They have so many emails, password combos mm-hmm. and for so many different websites that they don't know their login information. <laughs> and so that takes time yeah. to figure that out.
0: Yeah. The second thing is forgetting to actually press turn in on an assignment. So right now Mm -hmm. we're in distance learning. Everything seems to be virtual, but some teachers, I've seen assignments where they want the kids to take a picture and upload it into a presentation, into Google Slides. Some teachers want the Google Slides to be turned in with separate pictures of the work in a whole separate assignment that they're turning in. There's so many different things, and knowing what your teacher wants, Mm -hmm. and even when it's done. I can see that they've uploaded it, but they haven't turned it in. They haven't pressed turn
1: in. And so just that little click makes all the difference. It's a big student pitfall that really we have to counteract, and we've talked about it in so many episodes, including the four excuses kids have for not wanting to calendar, which we will link in the show notes right now, is that it teaches learned helplessness. It teaches students... That there is no need to calendar that the teacher will upload it. And that cannot be more false for many different reasons. First of all, the teachers may or may not upload it. Or they may or may not upload it in a timely fashion that gives you an opportunity to actually have some time to complete a task. And remember, the online portal does not take into account the rest of the scale and scope of your student's life. Now we're going through a period of time where students aren't participating in a lot of extracurricular activities. There aren't a lot of things happening, right? And so students may say like, yeah, but school is the only thing that I'm responsible for. the only thing that's sort of taking up my time right now. So I don't need to do the calendar. Couldn't be more false. Now is the time to teach them to be consistent about their calendaring system and their time management system so that when life picks up again, because it will, everybody, yep. when life picks up again, they have some habits established. Another student pitfall is sort of remembering how teachers want to be communicated with. <laughs> Just like they have to remember how to turn in each assignment to each individual teacher. Some teachers prefer to be emailed. Some teachers don't want to be emailed at all. They want everything to go through the portal And remembering to check both places is overwhelming. There's also that text program where they can get text
0: messages from the teacher and they can text the teacher back. Mm -hmm. So one teacher likes this, one teacher likes that. It's just a lot for everybody. So I understand.
1: (sighs) Those portals. Yeah. When you're seeing executive functioning failures, it's not always a direct result of something that your student has failed to do. Now that you're kind of seeing the big picture of this, there's a lot about the portals that makes it difficult to be successful. It's not impossible, though. It's not like the portal prevents success, but it is a reason why students sometimes are dropping the ball. Yeah, And they're not the only ones. Teachers are, too.
0: Yeah, we all are. It happens, right? Yeah. So the parent pitfalls. One of the biggest things is overwatching. And... We can't stress this to you enough, parents. Knowing what's age appropriate and knowing what overwatching does to your child. Some students are very on top of it, and it just gives them anxiety that you're sitting there watching.
1: Or checking.
0: Yeah. Some kids need that extra support. But just finding a good balance and not being on there every day, all day. hmm
1: Parents also have an assumption that the portal is accurate. I think we've debunked that in this episode. Yeah. The portal is not an accurate reporter Mm -hmm. of the learner's day or what they did or what they didn't do.
0: And also know that something might be in the portal and the teacher changed it. And the teacher said, no, you don't have to do that assignment. Yep, But it's still in the portal because they haven't had time or whatever. So there's all these different things. The other thing is if you have multiple children at different schools, different districts, different age levels, every single one seems to have a different portal. So having to keep track of all of that is hard. It's hard for you guys. So the big takeaway here is we can't depend on them, on the portals. Mm -hmm. And knowing and having a good balance, everything in moderation for this.
1: Yeah, it's not a perfect system. There's a lot that's great about it Mm -hmm. and it doesn't always fail, but it fails enough in these ways Mm -hmm. that it's something to be aware of, especially now during a time when a lot of students are still learning from home and schooling from home, that there's inconsistencies and unreliability Mm -hmm. and learned helplessness that we cannot depend on these portals to Replace the student experience of learning. Yeah. And so these are growing pains of technology. And our hope is that schools will continuously refine and receive feedback on these portals. Because I do think there is tremendous possibility of using them better.
0: I think that the schools are still learning. The portals are still learning. Yes. The students are still learning. The teachers are still learning the parents are still learning. So one step at a time guys. So Smarties have a great week. Have a great week.